Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus said, The works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do. Come and have an encounter with the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God at work in the life of Pastor Adama Segbeji this Sunday, 10 a.m. at Solution Chapel International, Barnfield Road, Northgate Crawley, RH10-8DS, or call 01293-885-000 for more information or on the web at solutionchapel.org. Solution Chapel International, home of signs, wonders, and miracles. The Solution Word with Pastor Adama Segbeji. Pastor Adama has a passion to uplift people and see the body of Christ excel. His aim, to bring hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. In this message, you will learn. In those that are planted in the house of the Lord, talks about location. Those that are planted where? In the house of the Lord. Location shall flourish. Your location determines your outcome. Oh, this is powerful. Your location determines your outcome. If you are planted in the wrong location, you will not flourish. Many people have uprooted themselves from where God planted them to a wrong location. I want you to get ready because today God is really going to bless you. Amen. Amen. Alright. If you're ready, turn with me in the Bible to the book of Psalm 92 verse 3. The book of Psalms chapter 92 Verse 3, I read, sorry, verse 13, Psalm 92, verse 13, I read, it says, those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God, and we are blessed by the reading of God's word. I'm continuing with my series that I have titled, How to Flourish in difficult and hard places. How to flourish in difficult and hard places. And this is part two. How to flourish in difficult and hard places. And this is part two. We have already established that God in his infinite wisdom has planted all of us in different families, not because we chose those families, but God knew what was best for us, so he planted us in different families across the world. You can choose your friends, you can choose your profession, but you cannot choose your mother and your father. You cannot choose the country where you were born. So God, in his infinite wisdom, has planted all of us in specific families for specific purposes. The same can be said of the church. God, in his infinite wisdom, positions and plants us in a church. Why? Because the Bible says in the book of Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15 and 16, it says, and God will give us pastors 
He said, I will give you pastors according to mine own heart. Not according to your desire, not according to your heart, but according to my own heart. And what is the purpose of these pastors that God is giving you and I? The purpose is to feed us with two things. Number one, with knowledge. Number two, with understanding. Number one, with knowledge. And number two, with what? Understanding. And when you are fed with knowledge and understanding by the set man of God that God has chosen for you, two things are evident. In verse 16, the Bible says that, and it shall come to pass, it shall come to pass, that you will be multiplied and you will be increased. Can you see that? So when you are positioned in the place where God has planted you, two things will be evident in your life. Multiplication and increase. Multiplication and increase. It doesn't matter the difficult situations that are around you. Once you are planted and you remain planted, God will bring these two things to come to pass in your life. And I see that being your portion in the name of Jesus. Say a good amen. Amen. So let's go and look at the foundational text again from uh, Psalm 92 from verse 12. Psalm 92 from verse 12. The Bible says, the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. Now notice, it says the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. Now, isn't it interesting? He could have used a mango tree. He could have used an orange tree. But he never chose any of those trees. He used a palm tree. Do you know the purpose? The purpose is because when there is there are storms, when there are storms, let's say hurricane, heavy hurricanes, in any part of the world, every tree breaks, with the exception with the, of the palm tree. The palm tree is the only tree that can withstand hurricanes. In other words, when you are planted, oh glory be to God, when you are planted in the house of the Lord, the end result of the planting is you will flourish. Say a good amen. amen. It doesn't matter the storms that are going on, Once you are planted like the palm tree, like the palm tree, hurricanes will come, hurricanes will go, you will still remain planted. Someone is not getting it this morning, but you're going to get it today. I don't know what difficulties you've been going through. I don't know what challenges you've gone through. But whether the challenges like it or not, they'll come and they'll go. Good news. Everything that has a start date has an expiring date. Your problem started on a particular date. It now has an expiring date. As your 
man of God, as your prophet, as your shepherd, I give that problem today an expiring date. I said that problem expires when? Today. Not even today. As a matter of fact, it expires when? It expires when? It expires when? That difficulty expires when? That pain expires when? That frustration expires when? That sickness, when does it expire? Now, now. Poverty expires when? Now. That's what I decree over you. It expires now. That business that is not having customers, it expires now. After today, there's multiplication coming. Your business will have a traffic jam. This church is going to have a traffic jam. Multitudes will be gathering everywhere we are. Come on, glory be to God. Hallelujah. Because we are the righteousness of Christ, of God in Christ. It says the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. Like the palm tree, we are solid. The palm tree is strong. Nothing can approach the palm tree. You see, this is why I pity people who said, and the usher was not nice to me, so I left the church. You were not planted. And you are not a palm tree. The pastor didn't smile to me, so I left the church. You were not a palm tree. That's why you are not flourishing. The only way you are going to be flourishing is to be planted. And not only that, he said, he shall shall grow like the cedar in Lebanon. He shall grow like the cedar in Lebanon. The cedar grows 40 meters high. Ah. Nothing can hide you. 131 foot high. Nothing can hide you. You see, the situation you've gone through, it will work out for your good. If the devil had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If they had known, they would not have crucified Jesus. If they had known, they would not put you through that challenge. If they had known, they would not put you through that situation. But after today, you are coming out stronger. You are coming out taller. You are coming out flourishing. Learn to receive the prophetic word. Receive it with a conviction. Amen. I said receive it with a resounding amen. In the name of Jesus. Verse 13, those that are planted in the house of the Lord talks about location. Those that are planted where? In the house of the Lord. Location shall flourish. Your location determines your outcome. Oh, this is powerful. Your location determines your outcome. If you are planted in the wrong location, you will not flourish. 
many people have uprooted themselves from where God planted them to a wrong location. Are you following what I'm saying? It said, and they shall flourish, look at the outcome, in the courts of our God. That talks about relationship. A deeper relationship with God. Every day of your life, your relationship with God is growing stronger and stronger. Stronger and stronger. That's what the Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 4 verse 18. It says the path of the just, the path of the justified, the path of the righteous shined how brighter and brighter. So that means you will not have a better yesterday. You will always have, you will always have a better today. Hallelujah. Verse 14, it says, they shall still bring forth fruit in their old age. Say amen. Amen. Say a good amen to that. They shall still bring forth in their old age and they shall be fat and flourishing. You see, the enemy thought they had figured us out, but they have no idea. We are about to grow fat and flourishing. When I say fat, I mean fat in their spirits. <laughs> I, I, I know you people now. I know you people. Now don't go and quote me and say, uh, Pastor said I have to be fat, you know. I never said that. You need to go to the gym now and cut some of those, you know, excess fat off. Glory be to God. So quick question we want to ask is, what does it mean to flourish? What does it mean to flourish? To flourish, number one, means to grow. To flourish, number one, means to grow. And after today, you will grow. I said you will grow. Number two, to flourish means to thrive. To flourish means to thrive. Thriving in every situation. When the enemy comes looking for you, they will not find you. Number three, to flourish means to do well. Say a good amen to that. To flourish means to do well. And after today, you will do well. Your marriage will do well. Amen. Your children will do well. Amen. Your business will do well. Amen. Everything your hand touches will do well in the name of Jesus. Number four, to flourish means to develop. To develop. Development on every side. Amen. A time is coming. Every project you start, you'll complete it. Amen. Some of you have started projects that you have never completed. But this year you will complete it. The grace for completion is coming upon you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Number five, to flourish means to prosper. Say a good amen. Amen. To flourish means to prosper. Prosperity is coming to this house. The days of lack are over. It's your season of prosperity in the mighty name of Jesus. Please write this down. 
The law of sowing and reaping governs the very foundations of the earth. The laws of sowing and reaping governs the very foundations of the earth. That's why the Bible says in the book of Genesis chapter 8 verse 22, it says, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. It's a law. It's a law that governs the very foundations of this earth. That's why it's important for us to understand how these laws operate and we align ourselves to these laws. It's like the law of gravity. The law of gravity is no respecter of persons. Are you following me? The law of gravity says everything that goes up must come down. It's a law. It's a law. And that law is no respecter of persons. So when you avail yourself to these laws, the blessing, or let's put it this way, the consequences that follows the laws, be it negative or positive, will be made available to you. Are you following what I'm saying? So for instance, if you break the law of gravity, which is everything that goes up must come down, you are going to face the consequences of concrete justice. If you go on a 12-story building and say, as for me, the angels, the Lord says, uh, he'll keep his angels charge over me, so I'm going to jump and, and nothing will happen. You will see. Jump and see. Jump without a parachute, you see. You have justice with what? Concrete justice. And we'll hear some crackings of bones. Are you following me? So that's a consequence. And the same also applies. When you are on the right side of the law, the consequences applies to you. It's a consequence of when you sow, you will reap. Did you get that? Yes. The consequences of applying or following this law is whatever you sow, you will reap. So you can't have the seed in your hand and say, oh, it's a nice seed. Oh, get ready. This series will change your life. It will change your thinking. Because what God wants to do in our midst is to flourish us. Amen. Are you following what I'm saying? Yeah. God wants to flourish you. But the only way God is going to flourish you is for you to understand the laws that governs how to flourish. That's why I'm teaching on how to flourish in difficult and hard places. It doesn't matter where you are. If you follow the laws of the kingdom, the place where you are might be a difficult place or a hard place. You will still flourish. Why? Because you have applied the laws of flourishing. The Bible says in the book of Genesis chapter 41, verse 51 and 52, the Bible says that, and the second born of Joseph is called what? Manasseh. For he said, God, this is the first born, he said, for God has made me to forget all my toil. Verse 52, it says, the name of the second born is Ephraim, 
Why? Because God has caused me to be fruitful, to flourish, to flourish in difficult and hard places. God has made me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. So that means in the midst of affliction, when you engage the laws of flourishing, you will still flourish irrespective of the climatic conditions. Amen. Irrespective of the economic conditions, you will still flourish. Why? Because you are engaging a higher law. Are you following what I'm saying? You are engaging a higher law. Yes, there's a law of gravity, but there is also a law of aerodynamics. Amen. Oh, glory be to God. Are you following what I'm saying? There is a law of gravity, but there is also a law of aerodynamics that is able to go above the law of gravity. So, in hard and difficult places, there are laws that govern those places. But you can also engage a higher law. And that is the law of flourishing. So, he said, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest shall not cease. Genesis 8.22 Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 to 9. It says, be not deceived. Many people are deceived in the church. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. The word mocked there means God is not a fool. The, the word mocked means he's not a fool. It says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. For whatsoever. Somebody say whatsoever. whatsoever. Oh, say it like you mean it. Say whatsoever. whatsoever. It says, For whatsoever a man or a woman soweth, that shall he or she reap. Whatsoever, whatsoever means whatever you plant. Are you following me? Whatsoever means whatever you plant. If you plant laughter, you reap laughter. If you plant sadness, you will reap what? Sadness. Whatsoever. If you plant a mango seed, you will reap a mango fruit. If you plant an orange seed, you will reap an orange fruit. Whatsoever a man soweth. Question, what are you sowing? If you don't want to eat the fruit, don't sow the seed. If you are not ready to eat the fruit, don't sow the seed. Now, many people think that, oh, I'm going to sow the... For instance, let, let's say, let's say a bitterness. Bitterness is drinking poison and thinking your enemy will die. Are you getting the concept? That is what bitterness does. So now you sow bitterness and you expect your enemy to come and drink the poison. No, you 
you are going to drink that bitterness poison and you are going to eat of the fruit and you are the one who is going to die, not your enemy. So if you don't want the fruit, don't sow the seed. If you don't want the fruit, don't sow the seed. And the good thing about the fruit is every seed you sow, you reap it in abundance. Jesus said in Luke chapter 6 verse 38, Jesus said, give. In other words, sow. And it shall be sown unto you. How? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men, give. shall men do what? Give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Again. Same measure. When we were in, in, in Nigeria a couple of weeks ago, after, after the message, Pastor Tao called me forward and then he, he prayed, those of you who watched it, and then he called my wife, we came, and, and he said something very powerful. He said, when we came to their church last year, they honored us. I said, what? Then it clicked. I've been saying this year every year, but it never clicked like the way it clicked when I was watching the, a recap of the message. He said, the way they honored us, even the largest churches don't, don't honor us that way. We've preached in larger churches. And, and, and the way they honored us, larger churches have never honored them like that. And then it occurred to me that you will only have access to what you honor. You only attract what you honor. What you dishonor will go far away from you. So you have to be careful what you sow. You always reap what you sow. And the way we were treated, we have never been treated like that before. It was a humbling experience. There are no words to describe the way we were treated. Are you following what I'm saying? Like king and queen, we have never experienced that dimension. I mean, they didn't have to do that. Are you following what I'm saying? They did not have to do that to us because the scriptures are clear without all contra contradiction. Hebrews 7, 7, the less is blessed of the better. So as the less, when you're going into the house of the better, you don't expect anything but just a hands laid upon you and bless you. Are you following what I'm saying? So you reap what you sow. Galatians chapter 6, verse 8. It says, For he that soweth 
to the flesh shall of the flesh reap what? Corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we will reap if we faint not. This is where many Christians miss it. They become weary. They give up. They become weary. They give up. And then they miss their blessing. The Bible says, don't be weary. Yes, you have been sowing. You haven't seen any result yet. Keep sowing. You have been praying. You haven't seen anything yet. Keep praying. You have been fasting. You haven't seen anything else. Keep fasting. For if you are not weary and you do not faint in due season, you will reap. Say amen to that. The mystery of harvest in the kingdom of God is rooted in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24 to 26. The mystery of harvest in the kingdom of God is rooted in Proverbs chapter 11 from verse 24 to 26. How many of you want harvest? You want harvest? Harvest in every area of your life? Good. Listen to the mystery and listen to the secret. It says, there is he that sucks scattereth, and yet increaseth. And there is he that withholdeth more than is meat, but it tended to poverty. Look at the mystery. The mystery is that there is one that scattereth. In other words, there is one that is liberal. There is one that gives. And yet through their giving, guess what happened? They increase. Through your sowing of seed, you don't go down, you increase. When a farmer takes the seed and he plants it, he is not losing. He is gaining. Are you following what I'm saying? When you come into the house of God and you tithe and you give, you are not losing. The devil's number one objective is to tell you when you tithe and you give, you are losing. But when you tithe and you give, you are not losing because the Bible says that there is he that scattereth and yet increaseth. And there is he that withholdeth. Withholding means the one who does not give. And look at what happens to the one who does not give or the one who does not sow. The one who does not sow or give tends to poverty. (laughs) That's why David said, I have been young, now I'm old. I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed beg for bread. Are you getting this? So, in the kingdom of God, the mystery that governs harvest is the mystery of scattering. Scattering your seed. Looking for places to sow your seed. 
Because whenever you sow that seed, it's just a matter of time. We are going to go through and you see the stages of harvest. There's a stage of sowing. There's a stage of waiting. There's a stage of reaping. And if you understand those stages, then you are in for the harvest. Most of the times, many people plant the seed and they go and dig it to check whether it's growing or not. I used to have a farm by our house. I used to sow corn. And when I sow the corn, two, three days later, I don't see anything. I go and dig it. I said, this thing is not growing. But I didn't know that except a corn of wheat falls to the ground and dies. And dies. It abides alone. You have to understand the process. Are you following? Are you following me? You have to understand the process. There is a process. There is a process that governs the kingdom of God. There will never be a day that you give that God will cause you to be poor. I'm an, I'm a, I'm a testimony of what I'm sharing with you. <laughs> I sold my job, a full-time job, or a part-time job, doing well, earning good money. I sold it into the ministry. And God said, I'm calling you into the ministry. And in the ministry that I ha he has sown me into, the ministry has caused me to travel to more places than I would have traveled if I, were, I was working. Some of you are not getting this. What I'm trying to let you understand is that there is no losing in the kingdom of God. Are you following what I'm saying? Jesus have to die so you and I can be resurrected as sons and daughters. God didn't lose. If Jesus had not died, we would not be here. So are you seeing the mystery that governs the kingdom of God? Verse 25 of Proverbs chapter 11. It says, the liberal soul shall be made fat. Say amen. Amen. And he that watereth shall be watered also himself. Amen. Oh, this is, this is so deep. Amen. The liberal soul. Who is a liberal soul? A liberal soul is a giver. It's a generous giver. The liberal soul is the one who sows seeds generously. Are you following what I'm saying? It says the liberal soul shall be made fat. And he that watereth. Now he that watereth there is you. Every time you are liberal, every time you are sowing seed, you are watering. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, so that is a physical watering. You are watering someone. Now not only that, it says that he that watereth shall be watered also himself. Now, the second stage of this watering is God watering you. Mm. Amen. Amen. 
when you are watering someone, God looks at your watering and God himself begins to water you. Whose is greater? Your watering or God's watering? Are you, can you get the kingdom principles that governs flourishing? Verse 26. It says, he that withholdeth corn, he that does not put his seed to the ground, the people shall curse him. Do you know that there are some people who are cursing you? Not you, because you are generous. Those who are watching who are not generous. This church is a very generous church. Every time God has blessed you, and you don't use your blessing to bless others, and you cause those around you to suffer, they curse you. He said, this man is a wicked man. He's a wicked man. And can I tell you the quickest way to prosper is to be generous. Mm, Everyone you give to always prays for you. Everyone you give to always prays for you. Whenever they take what you have given them, there is one thing they will never forget to say. God bless that person. So there are countless of prayers from every quarter coming to you because you have been generous. You have not withhold your hand. It's not time to withhold your corn. Don't let no one curse you. That's why I said church two, two years ago we built 10 churches in India. We don't know those churches. We don't know those churches. We don't know them from Adam. We just received an email this week of a pastor who is in India whose family is moved to this road and he's recommended them coming, I think this month or somewhere in a couple of months time, coming to this church. Can you see what happens? When you sow into other nations, God will sow back into you. We, we don't know them from nowhere. But when we were sowing into India, this pastor was nowhere to be found. We don't know him. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? May this season be a season of flourishing for this church. I sense multiplication coming. I'm telling you, I sense a, a, a harvest of an avalanche of multiplication. Do you see how when, when the, 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 is it, is it this, you know, those who go skiing on top of snow mountains, when the, the snow breaks, what is it called? avalanche. Do you see how it comes down? That's how multiplication is coming to this church. That's how harvest is coming to this church. That's how it's coming. Say a good amen. And everyone will be a partaker of this harvest. Everyone will be a partaker of this multiplication. 
no one will be left behind in the name of Jesus. Now quickly, let's go and look at some very important people in the scriptures and see what we can learn from them. Adam and Eve were planted by God to flourish in the Garden of Eden. Everything they will ever need in life was made available for them in the garden. Inside the garden and not outside the garden. Let's just say the garden there represents the church. Did you realize that Adam and Eve did not tell God where they should be planted? But God planted them in the garden. The garden of Eden represents the church. Whenever God plants you in his church, he makes every provision you will ever need in your lifetime and generations after you available for you in that place. So Genesis chapter 2 from verse 7, the Bible says that, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted, notice that, the Lord God planted a garden eastward in in Eden and there he put the man whom he had formed. There God put him. So you being in this church is not an accident. God put you here. Say amen to that. Like the palm tree, it doesn't matter the storm. No one can move you out. Because God himself planted you where? Planted you where? Verse 9, the Bible says that, And out of the ground, out of the church, made the Lord to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food and the tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden and from thence it was parted and became into four heads. Verse 11, the name of the first is Python, that is it which compassed the whole land of Havilah where there is gold. So that means there is gold in this church. Say amen to that. Verse 12, it says, and the gold of the land, the gold of that church, the golden solution is good. There is also Bedlam and the Unstone. Say amen. Amen. And the name of the second river is Gihon. The same is that compressed, compressed the whole land of Ethiopia. God is expanding our territory. And the name of the third river is Hedekel, which is one that goeth towards the east of Assyria. And the fourth river is the river Euphrates. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Now, when God plants you in a church, He gives you two responsibilities. Two. Not three, not four. 
He only gives you two responsibilities. And those two responsibilities are number one, to dress the church. Number two, and to keep the church. Dressing makes something beautiful. Dressing makes it attractive. So when you are in the church, your responsibility is to dress the church. Outside, you dress the church. You make the church beautiful and attractive to your friends so that they can also come into this garden, into this church. So the responsibility of Adam and Eve is to do two things, to dress the church and to keep it. If you don't dress it, you can't keep it. Many people look at the other grass out there and say, oh, wow, it's nice. The grass there is green. Why? Because the owner has taken time to cut it, to trim it, to water it, to take care of it. How are you dressing this church? How do we dress the church? With your time that God has given you. Make time available for God. Be it on a Sunday or on a Thursday. How many of you work only two hours a week or a month? Anyone? No one. How many of you work only four hours in a month? How many of you only eat four hours in a month? No one. How many of you work every day? Yeah, let's say almost every day. You see, all of us. Now, so coming to church on a Sunday for two hours and on a, and a weekday for Thursday for two hours is nothing. You can't sacrifice for that. That is part of the dressing. Are you following me? That is part of the dressing. The second thing you use to dress the church is your talents. The talents God has given you. The talents God has given you. Some of you can, can, can smile. You have a talent of smiling. You, you have a talent of you are a people's person. Everyone, when you are in the room, the room, you, you, give, you give vibe to the room. The room come alive. Use that talent in the church. Are you following what I'm saying? Some of you, your talent could be, you know, singing, playing the saxophone or playing the guitar or playing the keyboard, but you're sitting on it. Don't bury your talent. Use that talent to dress the church. Use that talent of playing keyboard, playing guitar, smiling to do something. Don't just be a Sunday Christian. You come, you eat, you go. You don't even tithe or give. Come on now. God put Adam and Eve in the garden in Solution Chapel International to dress it and to keep it. Amen. The third thing you must use to dress the church is your treasures. Number one is your time. Number two is your talents. Number three is your treasures. The Bible says, what is it that we have that we have not received? Mm. Wow. Some of you are so wealthy. 
God has blessed you. God has blessed you. God has opened doors for you financially. But you are stingy. You don't give. You don't tithe. Why? He's put you in the garden to dress it. To dress it. Use your treasures to dress it. Your treasures, your tithes, your offerings helps the expansion of the kingdom of God. Just this weekend, we bought a software for our streaming staff worth a thousand pounds. <laughs> a thousand pounds. Just a software. You pay, click, download, that's it. Nobody sees it. You don't see it. They say, eh, how? If I had my own way, I would never pay a thousand pounds for a software. <laughs> Are you following what I'm saying? But you see, you don't see it. There are many things we do in this church that you don't see. We don't tell you. Doesn't mean we are not doing stuff. We are doing things behind the scene. Are you following what I'm saying? And it takes your, your treasures to make the gospel effective. Amen, amen. We want to reach the four corners of the world. We want to reach millions and billions across the world. How is it going to happen? Through our treasures. Through our giving. There should be, you see, no farmer, no farmer, no farmer ever avoids sowing season. A farmer doesn't see a sowing season and say, ah, okay, uh, sowing season, I'll see you next, next year. After the sowing season, there's a reaping season. If you sow nothing, you reap what? Let me hear you. If you sow nothing, you reap what? Nothing. If you sow nothing, you reap what? Nothing. So you must be excited about sowing season. Psalm 1, 2, 6, verse 5 puts it this way. We sow in tears. We reap in joy. Are you following what I'm saying? We saw in tears when Abraham was putting Isaac on the altar. It was tears. But God looked at that seed. God looked at that seed and said, Abraham, I cannot allow you to do this. And the Bible says that and a voice from heaven said, look behind you. There is a ram caught in a thicket. Take that ram and sacrifice it instead of your Isaac. God will always test you when it comes to your finances. I love the testimony uh, we heard earlier that God said to her to sow and she obeyed. She was struggling with it earlier but she obeyed and she sowed and then there was another call to sow again and she sowed the same seed and guess what? She has never lacked. Yeah. The devil's deception is that when you sow, you will lack. Yeah. Listen, there is no lack in the kingdom of God. Yeah. There 
there is no lack in the kingdom of God. Luke chapter 5 verse 6, the Bible says that after they have done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes. You have to do the word before you can see the harvest. Many are not obeyed. I don't know who tithes and who doesn't tithe in this church, but you can't be in this great church and not be tithing. A church that is reaching the nations. We are on TV. Feeding 10,000. Feeding the community. Building schools. What else do you want? Building churches. I've just received an email from a church in the Philippines. Inviting me to come to speak to over 250 pastors during the day or churches, 250 churches combined during the day for leaders and pastors training and in the evening, mega, mega crusade. How did they hear of us? Through, through our treasures that we have used to expand the, the gospel. Don't be here and miss out. Are you following what I'm saying? We have never stood in, a, in front of a congregation like we did in Nigeria for the, it was our first time. Thousands upon thousands of people in a huge and a massive church. How did it happen? The man of God heard and watched our messages on YouTube. And said, ha! Ah. And, and also when he came here, he said that immediately he walked into the church. He said, what? What is this? What's happening here? These people are doing their things quietly and softly in all humility, but there's something great here. You can be so close to a blessing and still miss out. May you not miss out. He said when he walked in here, he felt that, wow. Can I be honest with you? His choir combined. His choir is bigger than this church. His choir alone. What I'm trying to teach you is that, you see, it's not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but it's the Lord that showed mercy. If you align yourself with God, God will take you places your, your eyes have not imagined. When we're preaching in that church, nobody has ever heard of us. It's only the man of God and his wife. And all those thousands of people are wondering, who are these people? Who are they? But the glory of God showed up. The glory of God showed up. Are you following me? We went to honor the name of our Father which is in heaven. Yes, we are reaching some people. It's not enough. We want to reach more. It's time for you and I to dress this house. Let's dress it. Let's dress this house with our resources. Some of you have, have connections. You can do decorations. Let's dress this house. Let's make it comfortable. Recently, we were asked to pack out some of our stuff from here because there was no storage. And one of the members created a space in his van. 
created a space in his van to be able to accommodate all these screens and the carpets. I said, this, this, is, this is how we dress it. This is how we dress it. Every morning, come early, bring the stuff. Every evening, bring the stuff, take it back. Are you following me? What are you doing? What are you doing? Do something. Be part of those who are dressing it. So that when we dress it and it's so beautiful, when people say, wow, this church is lovely, you say, yeah, it's my church. Yeah, that's my church. Yeah, that's my church. Yeah, that's my church. That's where I go. Were you not excited to see your man and your woman of God standing in Nigeria preaching to all those hundreds, thousands of people? You go around telling people, this is my man of God. Everybody wants to associate themselves with greatness. After that, we've seen some people, you know, trying to now get close and, you know, sending stuff in. So you see, you see how people are? But how are we going to do this? Let's dress this church together. Let's dress it together. Amen. Let's dress it together. You might start little, but don't give up. Be here every Sunday. Be here every weekday. Be part of those who are making, there might be one or two people who misbehave and, you know, say, I don't really know what's happening there, you know, blah, blah. And, you know, there are always memories and complainers. It's everywhere. But don't follow them. Paul said, mark those who create division or cause division in the church and avoid them. You don't have a future in them. Don't follow those people. You are like the palm tree that is planted, solid, storm or no storm, you are there. Do you know the storms we've gone through as a church? But we're still here. We've been through some storms, but we are still here. We are like the palm tree, planted. We cannot be moved. It's time for us to dress this church with everything, with our power. I want to see a change in the church. I want to see a radical shift in this church. There's a testimony of some new people who were in church, came to church last week, and someone was sitting by them. And these were new people, they came early to church. And I understand they were saying, ha, everybody comes in and they are doing something. Everybody comes in and they know what they are doing. There is so much order. That's the testimony people must say about us as a church. It's our church. I said it's our church. It's our church. Let's dress it and let's keep it. Joel Austin was testifying. His father started at their Leko Church 60 years ago on Mother's Day with 90 people. His father's prayer was to see thousands of people. His father even said one day they are going to have the compact center. But his father never saw it. He died. 60 years on, the legacy is still speaking. Larger than ever before. Are you following what I'm saying? 
it's time for us to dress this house and to keep it. God provided everything they will ever need in their lifetime and more for them in the church and yet they disobey simple instructions and as a result they move themselves out of a place of the blessing into the place of the curse. Genesis chapter 3 verse 8 to 9. Let's finish this quickly. The Bible says that and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Adam and his wife hid himself from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? Where are you? Every time we have to ask, Where is this person? It means they are hiding from the presence of God. And the sad truth is that they were hiding in the trees that God has made natural things. Whereas the glory of God covered them, the supernatural. They disobeyed God. Don't be in the church and disobey God. Many Christians have uprooted themselves from the church God planted them in. And God keeps asking, where are you? God comes with a blessing for you in solution and you are nowhere to be found. And God is asking, where are you? One of our members, you know, uh, who was a member of the church and left, and left. And when she left with the many others, someone who deceived them and took all of them away, she was having pain in her knees, struggling, no work, nothing, for probably over a year and a half. And then she started coming back to church, Thursday service, Within a month or two, within a month, she came to testify on Thursday that the, the mother said to her, the church that you were going to, that you left, go back to that church. Go back to that church. And when she came back, within a month, the pain in the knee is gone. Nobody prayed for her. The pain in the knee is gone. Now she's got a full-time job. Don't approach yourself out of where God has planted you. You might not like the face of the person you are sitting next by, but they did not plant you in this church. Look at verse 10. And the Bible says, And Adam said, I heard her voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you are naked? And have you eaten of the tree whereas I have commanded thee that you should not eat? And the man said, the woman whom you gave to me to be with me gave me of the tree and I did it. Excuse. Don't look for, don't use other people as an excuse to leave the church. Oh, that sister, we don't get home. You don't get home with your brother but you are still in the same family. You don't get on with your colleagues. You have not resigned. And listen, it's a curse to leave a church without telling the pastor you are leaving. It's not a blessing. 
It's not a blessing. You can't just get up from your work and leave. Are you following what I'm saying? Don't treat the house of God with discontent and disrespect and dishonor. You can't just get up and leave. Your work, you can't just get up. Can you just get up out of your marriage and leave? No. Why do you think the house of God, you can just get up and go? No, you don't do that. It's not the pastor who is cursing you. It's not the church who is cursing you. You've brought a self-imposed curse upon yourself. Every door has two handles. Be careful how you exit the door. Don't break the handle on your way out. If you break the handle on your way out, if you want to come back in, there will be no handle to you, for you to use to open to have access to the church. Finally, let's look at consequences of rebellious church members. Genesis chapter 3, verse 23 and 24. The Bible says, Therefore the Lord God sent him, Adam and Eve, forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Do you see the consequence? You are driven out of Eden. Every provision you'll ever need is in Eden. It's in the church. But because of disobedience, God will drive you out to now go and struggle. Why are you going to struggle out there? Why are you suffering? Why don't you come back home? Humble yourself. Come back home. Don't allow arrogance to approach you. It's time to flourish in hard and difficult places. In Jesus' name. Did you receive it? Let's give Jesus a better praise. Hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed, please. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you are in church this morning and you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and your personal Savior, you don't know where you'll be, whether you'll make it to eternity if you die today. I want to give you that opportunity to give your life to Christ. If you're here and you have not given your life to Jesus, you maybe probably you go to church, you've been to church, but you don't know Jesus as your Lord and your personal Savior. If you die today, you might not make it to heaven. You say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to pray with you. Wherever you are seated, lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. You want to give your life to Jesus? I want to pray with you. Lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. You're watching life on stream, life. You have not given your life to Jesus. You say, I want to give my life to Jesus. You can make that decision. Jesus will come into your life right now. In the name of Jesus. Let's say it together. Say this with me. Heavenly Father. In the name of Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. I come just as I am. 
Make me a new person. May my love for you grow deeper from today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give Jesus some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Did you receive it today? Thank you so much for taking time to listen to The Solution Word by Pastor Adama Segbeji. For prayer or further details, please call us on 01293-885000. Or why not visit us this Sunday at 10 a.m. at Solution, Barnfield Road, Northgate, Crawley, RH10, 8HQ. Your experience at Solution is sure to be a time of great blessing. Solution, bringing hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus said, The works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do. Come and have an encounter with the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God at work in the life of Pastor Adama Segbeji this Sunday, 10 a.m. at Solution Chapel International, Barnfield Road, Northgate Crawley, RH10-8DS, or call 01293-885-000 for more information, or on the web at solutionchapel.org. Solution Chapel International, home of signs, wonders, and miracles.